Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarty, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello, good afternoon, good morning, good day, good evening. It's lovely to be back. Have you missed me? Gosh, it seems like a really long time since I last spoke to all of you, but that's probably because it is. I record all of these podcasts in the the off-season horticulturally because when it gets really busy with the garden design service that I provide, I'm working flat out. So I tend to do all these podcast recordings when it's quieter, so in June, July and August, and then I do it November, December, January time. It does seem like it's been a really long time since we last spoke to each other, but we're back and I've got a really exciting set of programs for you to listen to so please do subscribe what amazes me is when i look at my podcast stats and things for people who do listen to the plotting shed the only continent that nobody's downloaded a plotting shed podcast from at the moment is antarctica which i think is pretty good going so i've had people in papua new guinea and chile and new zealand and Russia, Mongolia, I've even had Tibet. Someone's downloaded a podcast, which is all a bit bizarre, but it's still very nice to think that there are people all around the world who are listening to my little plotting shed podcasts and opinions. But we've got really, really good series set up for you for these next few weeks coming up to early December. This year, I'm very excited because one of my oldest friends Helen H is going to join me on some of the podcasts. Now Helen is one of the cleverest people I've ever met. She's actually an osteopath. Try and catch her and shoehorn her into a corner so I can grab her with a with a microphone and say sit down for two hours. It's taken months of preparation and planning because she's always off sailing and doing things and everything else but I hope you'll enjoy listening to her because she is passionate about gardening but she's also passionate about gardening responsibly and she also is somebody who knows and understands that the power that gardening has both physically spiritually mentally everything to just make the world and our little worlds a better place this little introductory podcast hasn't got a specific topic, but what I wanted to do was just obviously to go through the shows that we're going to produce for you so that you can diary them in so you don't miss them. Oh, and by the way, if you do like them, if you go on my website, plantplots.com, on the homepage, you'll see down the right-hand side, there's a little button called coffee, Kofi, K-O-F-I, and if you press that, it would be enormously well received and very, I'd be very, very grateful if you would if you chose to donate anything just to help us make some podcasts and, and produce better shows. It, so if you can do anything like that, thank you very much. What I was going to go back to was 
Why did I set up the plotting shed? What's it all about? Why is it needed? I've always have got on my soapbox about the horticultural industry being a supplier driven industry. It hasn't yet worked out that it makes its money from selling products to consumers. But instead of finding out what the consumers need and helping them achieve that, it just does the same old cycle of products and services and it, as it has done pretty much for the last 30 or 40 years. I was just doing a little bit of research and I, was, I had a book my mother bought me, which is called What Are Gardens For? And there was a quote in there from this chap called Patrick Lane, who is a poet and a passionate gardener in Vancouver in Canada. And he said, a garden is a real place imagined and with time and care, an imagined place made real, which actually is quite profound. I thought, yeah, that's really true. We all picture something in our head and we try and create that in our in our own gardens. The problem is the horticultural industry make it really difficult for garden owners who aren't expert or don't want to be expert horticulturalists to achieve that imagined place and make it a reality. So the aim of the plotting shed and plant plots is to try and help you make gardening easier, easier by providing answers that enable any garden owner to change your own gardens and make them better, but better for you, better for the garden, and ultimately in ways that will be better for the environment. So we want to, and I want to help you maximize your enjoyment of the garden, but without you having to learn how to become an expert gardener or by spending lots of money. But I also like to challenge garden convention, not just because we can challenge garden convention, but it's because it actually needs challenging. There is this hamster wheel cycle that gets churned out and churned out every year. And it's actually really, really unsustainable. But because as non-expert garden owners, you know, you've, you've all got a house, you've got a garden, you'd like it to look a lot nicer. You kind of trust what the garden centres provide and what the advertisers say and what the horticultural media churns out as being the way to do things. And I'm not saying it's wrong. It doesn't give you the, the tools to be able to do it yourself. Now, the, the most obvious example of that is when you go to the garden centre, and this drives me up the wall, you walk in and there's all the stuff on display and everything else, and then you go to the plant section, and what do they do? Everything is laid out alphabetically, which is fabulous, if you know what you're looking for. But if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know a specific plant exists, how do you choose? You just have to wander up and down until you find something that you like or you think might work. So that's very much a, a, an example of how it's supplier driven. This is how we've always laid out plants alphabetically so you can find them because the industry helps expert gardeners but not inexpert gardeners. For example, today, I've just had an email in who's just sent me a picture of their, their garden and they've just got one border in the garden 
it's a really long thin border by the fence and it struck me the comment that he sent to me you know I keep going into the garden center to try and buy some plants for this one border but it makes me so confused I don't know what to do I had an email in from a lady in must be somewhere in the northwest of America because of the time frame when it came in but she sort of said you know I'm trying to work out how to lay out my garden and I've gone through Pinterest and pictures and I'm so confused I just don't know where to start and this is the challenge that everybody faces you get given these images of beautiful gardens and all of these wonderful things and, and pictures are shown to you but the reality faced by you in your own garden is a border and a fence and a shed and there is no way for you to understand how to translate what's good about the fabulous garden image and take the bits out that you need and put them in your garden so that's what plotting shed and plant plots is trying to do we're trying to interface i suppose between that horticultural knowledge but providing it to you in a framework and a manner that you can then look at your garden and go ah i understand now i understand what questions i need to ask of my garden and of myself so that you can go out and actually make changes to your garden that will make it better for you which it's a very long-winded way of saying basically our aim is to make gardening easier i suppose what are we going to do with these series of podcasts so the first episode we're going to do are sort of common garden design misconceptions that will make your garden less user-friendly and actually less interesting so if we can throw those up in the air and actually go this is how you need to begin to challenge the layout of your garden to make it more interesting and nicer place to be and that then follows on and then we're going to do you know a topic on what I'm calling is deconstructing your garden and this was inspired by one of the show gardens that we saw at Hampton Court this year which I thought was the best because it was so different because what it focused on is how the garden would be used rather than let's put features in a garden and use them then I'm very very excited because H and I hopefully touch wood have got ourselves the press accreditation we went to Hampton Court earlier this year and I was thinking Chelsea's always a bit more tricky to get in but it says approved on my application for the press accreditation so we're going up on press day which means that it's the day where all the posh people go it's where all the famous people turn up it's where her majesty might turn up i'm not sure if she's going this year but anyway we'll we'll try and get a selfie with her if we can you know but in the background but we're going to go and look at chelsea this year but from the perspective of what the plotting shed and plant plots is trying to do and i'm really excited this year because obviously chelsea now is in september this year and not may so there's a completely different structure to some of the show gardens 
but they're also showcasing balcony gardens and container gardens as well. So real small space, what can we do? How can we maximize a garden or make a fabulous garden in a small space? So it'll be really interesting to see what some of these designers do and whether it can be translatable. Because obviously if it's a balcony garden, lots of people are gonna be taking photographs of the plants thinking, oh, I can do that now in my small space. So I hope the designers are actually putting together some really useful planting combinations and not the planting combinations just simply for a display, as I've ranted on about in the past. And then I thought we would do a podcast about how all these flower shows and the horticultural injury set itself up. So the title is, How Would Ikea Do a Flower Show? Because Ikea is very good. It really did nail the concept that if you show people what to do, they do more, but more importantly, they spend more. So if there was a garden show concept that was purely set up for consumers to go, how would it work? And what would, if you went to it, how would you benefit by visiting that garden show? So we're just gonna have a discussion because this is something I think if garden centers could buy into, your whole garden buying, plant buying experience would be revolutionized. Does it sound like I wanna take over the world? Probably it does, doesn't it? But there we are. I want to transform the way that garden centers and nurseries and horticulturalists sell plants to you. They need to sell plants to you in a way that you can understand how to use them, not as they currently do. Then it's another bit of a, a swipe, I'm afraid, at the industrialization of horticulture and how it doesn't benefit you. You know in the past I've beefed on about hanging baskets and how they just set you, set you up to fail so that they die and you throw them away because you have to come back and buy another one the following year. It's a good repeat profit cycle. What are some plants that you could buy that would over time save resources, save time, save effort, save money, save you having to maintain them all the time? What are they? What ones would we think were the best garden plants that non-expert gardeners should really have? Because by having them in your garden, you'll have a beautiful display without the effort that goes with it. Then I've called this one up the wall gardening because it's all about maximizing space. Gardens aren't two-dimensional, they're three-dimensional. So we're now seeing the rise of vertical planting. We're seeing the ad people putting more stuff on walls, growing up walls, growing up fences. How do we do it well? How do you do it well? Then there's a few programs about how you can make changes to the garden that will make it more interesting and more inspiring sensory experience for you and why so many gardens don't have that in spite of the fact that people have spent thousands in fact helen said to me the other day that her partner's friend has got a small london garden and she spent seventy thousand pounds having this garden made over which basically to me is she's got people in who kind of worked out and gone ah if we do all sorts of hard landscaping and build this, that and the other, which is expensive, 
the more money that she seemed to invest in the garden, the better it must be. That's not really the case. Features and expensive elements don't make a garden interesting and we want to show you how you can make your garden more fun, more enjoyable, more interesting, but at a minimum cost. TV makeover shows, which we're now seeing, and I've been watching these with increasing levels of dread and horror. And I just think, fine, for a television entertainment show, but again, it's all part of this industry drive to get you to invest in features and spend money and use resources and add all sorts of things to the gardens, which might look lovely, but in the end only ever cost you money without giving you the same the benefit that you would expect to derive from them. If we can give you the confidence to have an, your garden the way you want it to be, because you've understood how to think about it, you've understood what you are trying to achieve from your garden. You want the garden to make you feel when you're in it. You know how you need it to operate for your family. Then the layout and the design that you have will be of benefit to you. You will maximize your enjoyment of the garden. And if we can do that with all the other hints and tips that we've done by showing you how you can make those changes without spending thousands of pounds, without using resources that we didn't necessarily need to do, you will have a better, low maintenance, easier to look after, more durable, sustainable, ethical, whatever you name it, garden, it will be better. Better for you, better for the garden, better for your environment. If we can make our little space outside better, then I'll be a happier person. I'll be a little happy plotting shed podcaster. Hopefully you will be happy because you will have created something better. So that's what the whole of this is going to be about this new series. I hope you enjoy it. Do please email me. Do please put comments on, subscribe, send it to a friend, tell everyone all about it. But I'm so excited. Um, I think you'll really enjoy these podcasts and I will speak to you soon. In the meantime, take care and have a lovely weekend. Bye, guys. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice along with planting plans that you can download. You can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.